Welcome to the One in Five of Us podcast. We are working to stop the stigma and start the conversation about mental health. I'm your host, Kayla Wood, and today we're sitting down with Emily Zeiler to talk about her journey with anxiety and disordered eating. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Kayla. Absolutely. I'm so excited to sit down and talk with you. Um, So this first question is one that I start out by asking um, all of my guests. So can we start by talking a little bit about your mental health journey? So just giving like a little brief overview of your experience. Okay. Um, Actually, I feel like in like I knew stuff like when I was like growing up, like when it comes to definitely like the eating that I definitely had like problems and like I was like telling you. I've always like had this like sense where I like over like overfought everything that I was like doing and even like the friendships that I had when I was like growing up so it kind of like made me lash out sometimes which affected things um but like I like, went from middle school high school like just not really knowing anything my parents didn't really like talk about stuff like that and neither did like most of my friends but it wasn't until like I came to college and like you know, high stress and all that. And things were kind of like ramping up. And one of my friends like had me go see someone. They made things worse. And this was right before the pandemic. Um, So once again, things got a little worse. And I just got diagnosed with like severe anxiety. Um, And yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's, that is really tough. And especially like coming into college right before the pandemic started so you were you're you're a junior now right yes yeah so that's like it's like your whole sophomore year pretty much right and then coming junior year and the end of your freshman year as well right it wasn't it was affected by it very (laughs) that's I, I can't even imagine uh, I graduated in 20, as you know, I graduated in 2019. And so I just missed the whole pandemic thing. Um, but yeah. that like anxiety alone from trying to deal with classes, trying to deal with like mm-hmm. roommates and um, wondering, you know, like what, what's going to happen next. Um, how did that kind of like, play into your experience with anxiety? Honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, I just kind of put it on a back burner because I put everything else in my life, like kind of first. And um, if it wasn't for like some of my really close friends and like my boyfriend, I probably would not have gotten help yet. (laughs) Like to at least like go in and like ask like, Hey, like, can I like, talk with you like can we like have me like fill out all these questionnaires and stuff to see like hey what's a plan that I can potentially have in the future so like the whole class like classes every college student feels this you're going to be stressed at some point like every time like every person's going to feel like they have to put their classwork and stuff first and it causes burnout and it just there will be moments where you just think that nothing is gonna like really move forward. And I don't know, I felt that I kind of don't want to be feeling like that again. So getting help was kind of, and like knowing what I can do for the future was really helpful. 
Yeah. That's good. I mean, it's, it's definitely good to know when you're in the place that you need to seek treatment. Um, mm-hmm. That is something that that journey of, uh, or that place where you are, where, when you realized that you needed to seek treatment, um, can you tell me a little bit about that moment, um, that like turning point? It's really funny to say, but I feel like TikTok has been a big like help with that and seeing like people talk about it like so like candidly and this experiences that they went through and looking at them, I'm, be, I'm like seeing like, hey, I experienced this stuff too. Like maybe I should go talk to someone like again, because my first experience trying to talk to someone did not go well, but um, also once again, like my boyfriend was like really helpful because he like he moved away because he graduated from college and like having him away all like all you think about was like, hey, what if you meet someone new and he breaks up with me? Once again, the whole overthinking thing, like there were nights where I would just sit there and I'd just think about that because he'd be <laughs> he'd be out <laughs> like having fun, which like I do that too, obviously, but he wouldn't respond to texts. And that's all I was able to think about. And I would just sit and I would just have a little snowball effect where like every passing moment it just like seemed to get worse. And like when he like kept on like noticing this, he's he also like said, Hey, you should maybe once again go see someone, go get help. It's okay, it's okay to ask for help. So that's that's kind of what kickstarted it because like I said, my first experience wasn't good and I didn't want to go back because of it. So it just kind of took me a while to process that and then find a different clinic, like where I go to college to ask for help again. And that's uh, that kind of like journey, that progression with um, seeking out therapy and having it not go so well the first time that happens so often, like too often. Um, and a lot of times it scares people away to ever go back. And so the fact that you, um, decided, you know, like, yeah, I do need to go back. I do need to try it out again. Um, that's amazing. That's awesome that, um, you were able to do that. Um, so can you, can you talk to me a little bit about what that process was like, like finding a therapist? I know you said your first experience was not so Mm -hmm. great if you're comfortable talking about that? So my freshman year, one of my friends kind of pushed me to seek help for the first time once I got back from winter break, because um, the college I go to has like a free um, psychology clinic on campus. So I went there, I like, then like I felt filled out my forms, like saying like, hey, what I've experienced, what I like, what I feel and all that. And when I met with someone, that day they like were going through the form and at the end of it they didn't tell me that I had anxiety and stuff all we said was that every other person has my problems so they really don't matter because most people are experiencing them which sitting there and like expecting to get help and literally crying to someone as they're asking you these questions and then having some like them say that just kind of like really scarred me from the entire process because they actually set me up to have like another appointment and I canceled it the day of because I'm like I don't think I can go through talking to someone that thought that so um so that happened 
then the pandemic hit and I just kind of like lived my life, like dealt with the same problems, but I was just getting through it in my own way, kind of diving headfirst into work, which also really isn't healthy, but it got me through as long as I needed it to. Um, so one of my friends goes to like another clinic on campus that is actually by like graduate students. So it does cost money, but like you're being talked to by like people that are your age may experience your own problems and like they're being watched by like an actual person. So I don't know. It was a lot more engaging process for me and going through, I think it was about like 10 hours and like building a connection with like a specific person and her telling me like, Hey, you have like severe anxiety. And I already like know like these plans that we can do going forward. Like I felt very validated that someone like heard me and like understand, like maybe not understand, but like from her own like standing that she got where I was like coming from, like why I may be like reacting to certain things. Cause like, I have anxiety. So, and then her like coming to me with like a specific plan just made me feel really cared about because she took the time to like, cause it was a really long process um, to listen to everything I had to say and then get advice and create a specific plan for me. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so amazing. And that's how therapy should feel. You shouldn't feel comfortable going in and talking to your therapist or your like social worker, whoever it is, um, your counselor, your graduate student, um, that establishing that connection, um, is really like the first step to having a good experience in therapy. Um, and we always say like therapy is a lot like dating, because you try out a few therapists first and that's okay. And like, sometimes the first one doesn't work out and that's all right. You want it to be a good relationship. You want it to like work for both of you. So you can't like in romantic relationships, you can't force it. So you can't force someone like the first time I can't force someone to understand where I'm coming from and to be empathetic. So. Yeah. And that, that first therapist, like, whoever they are, I, I'm sure they work well, maybe with other people, but it's mm-hmm. that connection there wasn't how it should have been. And so I do applaud you for going back and trying it out again and finding someone that works for you. Um, that's awesome. So since finding a therapist that you work well with, what has your experience with therapy and treatment looked like? So when it comes to like this clinic I went to, they have like a long list of people. So I had to join a list. So I'm still like on that list, but I've been okay. Cause she gave me a plan. So that's been kind of helping me. So when I'm actually able to get in with her, it's going to be like behavioral therapy was what she told me, which is going to help me like pretty much just kind of put like some of these thoughts, like, explaining to myself like hey this isn't reasonable um and everything and it's gonna specifically help me with school because one of my like concerns as well was like but I wasn't gonna be doing good because like I, I don't even know how to explain it is 
like growing up, like some people just didn't think I was like smart. So I always had to work harder to prove myself. And now like coming to college, there's going to be like professors and stuff that like are going to be different. They're going to grade a lot differently than what you experience. So I've like, I've encountered a few of those and it just really stressed me out. So, and made me start thinking like, Hey, maybe I should do law school because I'm not going to be able to do it. So a lot of that like therapy is also going to be helping like me feel more confident with myself in the future and like what I want to do with my life. And like, Hey, I actually have the skills that I can do this. Like I shouldn't be talking myself out of doing things in my life. But yeah, currently as it stands, I am on a list, but I have like a plan and stuff. So when I come to moments where I'm like just more anxious than usual, I can like work myself through like whether it be like an exercise or just like literally writing stuff down to be like, Hey, you have no evidence for this like claim that you're thinking like it's not right. And that's probably the most helpful thing is someone that wants to be a lawyer because you have no evidence. You can't really come to that conclusion. So that is, that is such an important thing to kind of like learn how to um, really talk to yourself and be a supporter of yourself and kind of like get rid of that little inner saboteur um Mm -hmm. so that's that's awesome that that is the journey that you are working on right now um I believe in you you're gonna do well (laughs) um and right now I do kind of want to like backtrack a little bit and talk about um your experience before you started treatment um so when you're like looking back at yourself in high school, right? Was that when you started to kind of experience a lot of the like signs and symptoms? Um, yeah, I'd say for like anxiety purposes, it was definitely like high school. Um, the first high school I actually went to, um, there were like moments in time where I just like really didn't feel like I wanted to go there anymore because of like how, like, I would just like, people would say stuff to me and I'd kind of like hold on to it for a while and just like kind of like think on it a lot and I would just once again this whole snowball effect or it would just get worse and worse and worse in my mind and I like remember like back then it like really made me struggle like forming connections with people in some of my classes because I just happened to be in like the more like honors based ones so I wasn't getting bored in class and like there were just there were girls it was mostly all girls sadly that um wouldn't make me experience like I was inferior to them that I was in these classes and just like the little stuff I did say has like even like to this day has kind of stuck with me and like I really think it had a big impact on how like I think of myself and like how one day like I made like just trying to like convince myself that like I can't be successful. So like the little voice in my head that's saying like, oh no, you're gonna fail is like kind of like gone. And then like when I switched schools, like I didn't have that anymore. Like there like I came in and like people like understood like like they didn't know me. They didn't like know my backstory and stuff. Like I was just like another like face in the crowd. I wasn't someone that like they grew up with like who just like suddenly blossomed one day and like hey she's here with us when she wasn't before 
um, which I think was really helpful because like I was able to actually help people out a lot. And I think that was always big for me because like people used to refuse to have me help them like on homework assignments and stuff, which that always hurt my feelings because I, I'm like someone that loves helping people. So like having, giving, offering help and then having like being turned down because of something like that really, really hurt. So going to a new school, I think really helped like when it comes to specific ap- aspects of like how I kind of grew up and became like the person I am. And like, I don't know, I'm very thankful that I hated it back then, but I'm very thankful my dad moved out of a specific school district. So I had like an easy excuse, like to leave some of my old friends behind and transfer to a whole different school and have a whole different experience that I think was more beneficial um, in my like late adolescent years. And that's like that whole transitioning from school to school can can be super difficult, but mm-hmm. it can also be that fresh start that maybe you, know, you need to get away from those feelings, those like emotions that other people have kind of like instilled in you. Mm-hmm. So that that is super powerful, and um, it's amazing to hear that you were able to kind of like find who you are and bring that out um, with that fresh start. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about like your experience with, um, when you first kind of started to see the signs of like anxiety and, um, disordered eating. So what was that experience like for you? Okay. I'll start with the like disordered eating one because like, that's something that has been kind of like a wave like throughout my life, I'd say. Um, so like once puberty hit me, I gained like a lot of weight and, um, like my grandparents and stuff commented on it, which like, obviously like, that's really harmful for a child. to like being told like, Hey, you need to watch what you eat and stuff because you're growing. Like it, you're eating, if, as long as you're eating like a balanced diet and everything, like and even if you're not, who like you're a child, let them like live their life at the time. Like you shouldn't be like striking down under eating habits when they're that young because it's gonna stick with them for like so long. And I think like if most people knew that, they're gonna regret the stuff that they say. But um at school, I remember I like starting in like elementary school, I got like bullied for it because like gained a lot of weight real quick. And um once again, that like kind of followed into middle school. And I like remember like one day in lunch, like there were like these boys like that were making fun of me for like eating like a bag of chips. <laughs> and like I just like kind of like stopped like eating as much. I would bring like carrots and hummus to school and maybe like an apple and a beer, which like looking back on definitely wasn't enough calories for me to get through a day and like stay concentrated but that's kind of in the past I can't change it now but um I think what kind of also affected it was when I was like in high school this was right before I moved out of like my first like school district for my high school my dad was going through money problems so we didn't have a lot of food 
And my parents are divorced. My brother and I didn't tell my mom this or she would have got us more food. So I think like going through that and just like kind of almost practically bringing nothing to school, like kind of like instilled in me like, hey, I can actually live off this little food. And that kind of like carried on into when I moved school districts, I wouldn't bring much. I would once again, stick with like carrots and hummus. And my senior year of high school, I didn't even eat lunch at all. Like I had food in my house. I just like, I kind of went from like, okay, I'll just restrict my eating. Maybe I'll lose weight. So like, hey, my dad doesn't have a lot of money. So we're going to save costs on food. Till I kind of like back to the whole first thing, like, hey, maybe I'll lose weight if I eat this way, which I didn't. My weight has stayed pretty stagnant, even though I'm like practically vegetarian now. So it's not even that. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of, oh God. Okay. Um, like even now, like trying to like try and close and stuff, like just like with my body type, like a lot of tops, like don't fit, but like I do have like a bigger chest. So it's like not even my waist or anything. Like I don't have like a huge body, but like that kind of like small bag going into like boutique stores, like where I live right now, not being able to fit into everything, like just kind of like makes me still think this way. So, like, I'm living on my own now, and I'm, like, there's days where I'm, like, just going almost, like, completely to dinner without eating a single thing, and because I'll just sit there, and I'll be, like, hey, I need to eat, and I'll go to actually eat, and, like, my brain's, like, no, like, don't, like, you shouldn't eat, like, like, I don't, like, want to say fat pick, but that's happened, so, um, I don't know. And like trying to, it's still like a struggle, like that I haven't been able to like get, like come past. But um, some of my roommates who have like struggled with like the same stuff that have like recommended to like eat the fruits, like eat fruits and vegetables, because that's what I really like to eat. Because it like kind of like tells myself, like, hey, like it's okay to eat these things. Like you like them, it's okay to enjoy them. And like, um, there were times when, like, my boyfriend, like, found out how much, like, how little I ate of that day, and he's like, okay, we need to go get you something now. So, it's, like, having, like, a good support system in your life to be, like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Please, like, we'll go out. We'll go find something that you like right now so you can, like, have something in your stomach that's been really helpful. That, that having that support system, like you were just saying, is so important. Um, so some, some people who follow my stuff on one in five, um, know that I've also experienced disordered eating and it's, it is a really difficult journey. It is, it's, it is, it's not linear, like healing from a, an eating disorder and trying to recover is hard work. It's really, really hard work. And like, for the most part, I feel that I have my other diagnoses in control. I know how to like handle (laughs) myself for the most part. I know my coping mechanisms. I know like what I need to do. I know how to check in on myself from like years of therapy and everything. And 
Um, but the one thing that seems to just always come back and um, like bite me <laughs> uh, uh, is that disordered eating. And it, it, it's, it's so hard to unlearn. And I, I think that having that support system and, and having people there in your life to hold you accountable and make sure that like they're checking on you, that you're checking in with them, you're letting them know um, how you're doing. That is such an important part in the recovery process. And that is a part that so many people struggle with. It's a part that I struggled with for years. People didn't know that I was experiencing this. And like, even to this day, like I've been in recovery from an eating disorder for how old am I? 11 years now. And that's like, it's like to this day, like now I, I, I pretty much eat all the time. <laughs> I love it. And I don't have those like fear foods anymore, which is great. But there are days where I'm like, I forgot to eat today because like my body doesn't send me hunger the way that it does with other people because of living with an eating disorder for so long. Mm-hmm. And so I am so proud of you for being where you are and being able to talk to people about it. Um, because when I was in that space, I, I couldn't talk to people. So thank you for being so honest and open and vulnerable about that because it's hard to talk about. And Yeah, it is because like, I don't think like I even really, I think like my like college friends and stuff kind of like noticed like my freshman year because like there were times where I'd go like to like my newsroom because I work for a little student publication and I'd only have like a certain gentle balance break and I'd be like, yeah, I have eat lunch and I don't plan on eating dinner, but at least I'll have this. And like, I remember like people would look at me and they'd be like, you need to eat more. Like you can't just eat something like that. And I don't know. I feel like I, like everyone has like stereotypes of things like that in the United States. We have stereotypes. I've been everything uh, that are just internalized. And I feel like I just didn't fit like the image of someone that like most people would think like had an eating disorder. So like people like would call me out on it, but like I don't think it was ever like maybe taken as seriously until like I don't know. I feel like I kind of started like myself personally like started talking more about it because I'm like, hmm, maybe this isn't good. Maybe it's bad that I'm like never using like my meal slaves or my meal plan. And I'm not going out to like just going off campus to eat. It's just because I'm just choosing not to eat. Um, so I don't know. It may, it kind of took me like a whole number in my head where I'm like looking back, like, okay, count how many like things that you eat that day or like count the meals and stuff. And like, I don't know. There in times like where it's really bad, like the whole fear food thing, like it's always like red, anything red meat for me. <laughs> So like burgers, um, like pizza, like like pepperoni and stuff. Um, it's just like looking at something like that. Like it looks good, but like 
you're just looking at it and you just can't bring yourself to eat it and like actually put anything in your mouth because now you're almost sick to your stomach which is like probably the most difficult thing about it um as you continue your journey with um recovering from disordered eating um just do whatever it takes to make you feel good like you you know what your body feels like you know how it feels when you're in a caloric deficit and you know how it feels when you're eating what you're supposed to eat Mm -hmm. and try to like hold on to that balance and like don't like I know this is easier said than done (laughs) (laughs) people told me this too but as long as you feel like strong you feel powerful you feel like you're being the best you then you're on the right track like you don't need to worry about what other people are thinking and i know that's like way easier said than done. i think that is something i definitely need to take into like account more because it's like hey you you know your body best like you know how you're feeling you know like what you may specifically need to do now and if it's to take some time maybe before until like you start to feel like maybe a little better not nauseous before you eat something um then take that time just like just keep an eye on it at least like i don't know that's thank you kayla you're welcome and so like you were saying just being able to kind of feel where your body is that's like that's really what um kind of helped pull me out of my darkest deep i don't know um out of my lowest point in my eating disorder um i kind of like came to the point where i was recognizing that um most of the time i felt so weak and i felt like i couldn't focus on anything i couldn't concentrate on anything i was passing out um And that's when people started to like notice what was happening. Um, Like my mom, one morning I was getting ready uh, for school and passed out in the bathroom and my mom was there. Um, And I hit my head on the sink. um, And it's like six o'clock in the morning, something like that. And it was the first time my mom had ever seen me pass out. And she was like, when's the last time you ate? And I like was so delirious that I was like, oh, like three days ago. And so she was like, okay, sit down. Drink this Gatorade. You're going to eat this oatmeal. And I'm going to sit here and watch you eat it until it's gone. I was like, I don't think you should do that. But, um, (laughs) um, and that, that moment of like seeing the fear in her eyes, like feeling how like weak I was and how hard it was to even just stomach like a bottle of Gatorade and a packet of oatmeal. Like I kind of got to this point where I was like, do I really want to live the rest of my life doing this? Like, do I really want to live the rest of my life feeling this way? And at that point I, started like actually listening to my therapists (laughs) actually listening to what they were telling me and getting like like really trying 
to recover because for a long time I didn't want to. And I think that you, you will know when that point comes, if it hasn't already, um, where you're just, you're going to feel that like, this isn't sustainable. I like, I don't know if I'm like there already. I think I'm like getting there, but, um, only because I have like my entire support system, like, hey, like, hey, we're gonna help you, like, like, please, like, please see, like, we don't want you to like fall down the rabbit hole, because I like, definitely don't want that, like, experience it as well. Um, but like, I didn't mention it like earlier, but I was like actually trying to talk because it's been kind of bad this summer when I've like been down here myself, and like sometimes like cooking is a tedious task. Like, I like to cook, but there's just times where I'm like, I just want to do my work and just like not have to worry about feeding myself when I just don't like food but um I was like telling my mom this when she was like coming down to visit and then my dad came down to visit a couple weeks later about how like I've been having trouble and like when I told my mom she just like kind of looked at me and she's like I think you're just crazy what's like I was like hey okay like I like one my friend actually like, came on me on this little trip and I went in to tell her and she's like hmm that wasn't a good thing to do so I kind of like haven't talked to her about it but like somehow my dad's was even worse because like I was literally on the phone with him and this is like the night before he was coming down to like see me and I'm like yeah I haven't eaten all day my stomach's actually really hurting right now he's like why aren't you eating I'm like because sometimes it's just hard for me dad he's like eating's not that hard and like I just like kind of like remember sitting there and I'm like, huh. Both my parents just like either think I'm crazy or it's just like, this isn't like a hard thing to do. Or it's like, I sit there and I just kind of like look at the food and it's like, all I can do is think about it. I can't actually physically put it in my mouth because I'm just not going to feel good. And I feel like noticing and like realizing that where it's like, you know because your parents are like I love my parents like my parents have been there for me for a lot but like kind of like right now kind of like realizing something that I've been struggling with and like and like realizing more in college and stuff and I'm just being like yeah um was definitely difficult and I think if it wasn't for like my friends and stuff um I dad probably would have sent me like way back because it's like not something I really talked to my parents because like I mentioned this earlier but like we never really talked about like mental health and all that stuff like I think the realest conversation I've ever had about mental health was with my great-grandmother um who like told me she's like yeah depression runs in the family like your papa had it and she's like his was so bad where he just like would never do anything <laughs> and like <laughs> um and like there was just one time where he was just in such a bad rut where he just didn't pay off like his mortgage. So like his house got foreclosed on. Like I love my couple, but like I just like remember my grandma like explaining this to me. And I was just like, hmm. Okay, so you're the only person that's like telling me this stuff, like my parents are. My um, like the other like immediate like family members like we just never talk about it and it was just like kind of like an out of the blue conversation with like my Nemo one day 
Um, and it was just like, I don't know. It was like kind of nice having that talk. Really haven't talked with her about this stuff because she's, she's, in, it was her 90th birthday the other day. She's like struggling. Like one of her friends is like really sick. I don't want to worry her because like she, grandmothers always worry. And I feel like if I really were to tell her, like definitely eating stuff because I come back home, she's like, oh, you looks like you lost weight. She just like gives me a ton of food, which I can't eat. But like she's trying, like, I feel like part of her, like her reaction is going to not be good and she's just going to want to try it and I'm not going to be able to do it. It's just going to make her feel worse. Oh, it's <laughs> talking to family and stuff about this is really hard. I'm really, really glad that like your mom was able to be there for you, Kayla. And like, hey, I'm going to watch you, please. Like, <laughs> please drink this Gatorade at least. Um, Cause like, gosh, like when I don't eat, I don't know about you, Kayla. I'll like, just be like, I have no energy to do anything. So I'll just be sitting there. Like either if it's at my desk or like on my bed and scrolling for TikTok or like reading something on my phone for hours. And when I go to get up to like go to the bathroom, like it's like, instead of like, Ooh, whooshy. Cause like your blood sugar is low. You're not eating. And like having no energy to do something and like, Oh, that I don't know. That's just, yeah. I, I really don't know where I was going, but it's hard. That's okay. Yeah, it's it absolutely is. Like that little like head rush feeling. That mm-hmm. that was like the worst thing in the world to experience because I was like, just like when you're feeling that all of the time, it's so. Mm-hmm difficult because you can't concentrate on anything else like all you're thinking about is food the next meal and like what Mm -hmm. like what you're gonna have to do to try to like avoid eating it and it's it's such a hard place to be in and I I mean I'm gonna keep saying this over and over again but I so 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 much commend you for being able to like even talk about it like in this space because like I said earlier, like when I, when I was in that space, I couldn't talk about it because I was like, Nope, everything's fine. It's normal. This is like, this is just my life. Um, and it's not. And, and I mean, like we always say like, it's okay to not be okay, but like you need to kind of like know that you're not okay first. Um, yeah, I like get that because I, I think like in high school I just like thought that was like well other than like not being able to bring like lunch to school. Um, other than that, like I felt like hey, like me eating like as much as like normal because it's like I can live off it, so it's like whatever. But, like I don't know. I feel like once you like go to college, and I think a lot of people like that are really growing up are gonna experience it. You're gonna meet new people. You're gonna share like your like how you lived your life before and you're going to point stuff out that you never saw and you're going to realize things about yourself and that's not a bad thing um if anything like I know for me it was definitely more beneficial because I was actually able to like pinpoint certain things like hey this isn't normal I need to get help for this or hey maybe I need to like look into that more and like talk to someone about it to be able to process this moment like being able to have like people that are there for you and that you're able to talk to that are, they'll have 
totally different experiences from you. It's going to help you like learn more about yourself, I think. Absolutely. And that, I, I love that you keep going back to having that support system because truly like whatever journey you're on, whether it be recovering from disordered eating, whether it be living with anxiety, living with depression, um, or any other diagnosis out there, um, any other thing that anybody's struggling with, um, having that support system is so powerful and it's so important. Um, and going back to what you were talking about earlier with family, sometimes it's hard to have that conversation with your family and sometimes they won't understand. Um, and sometimes that's when you make the call for yourself, like who you trust and that's okay because it's your journey. It's your experience. And however you need to approach it to heal is the way that's that whatever that is, that's, that's what's going to work for you. And you just do that, you know, and then maybe you talk about it with them later. Maybe not. That's okay. Your family's there for you for other stuff. And hopefully someday that they'll be there for you for this. And yeah. it's just a process. It's all a process. Um, but all of that long winded kind of introduction to, um, to ask, who, um, talking about all the support systems and stuff, um, who in your life do you, um, really rely on as like your main source of support to help you through your journey? Um, I think I, it's going to have to be like my best friends. Cause I think, um, not only do like they have similar experiences and stuff, but I think like they've also just been kind of like there for me when like sometimes my boyfriend hasn't been able to and like they have like the whole idea of where it's like they've been around me for I'd say like definitely longer and they've seen my habits like I've gone out to like just even if it's lunch at the dining hall a lot more and they've seen it um so like them being able to help like hey like this is a problem this is like how maybe I dealt with it and stuff and like I'm always here for you it's like not that my boyfriend hasn't done that he's he's been wonderful but uh I think just like having someone that's also been like who has been there and has been able to like who's been on like that path to like recovering is able to like also help me and like give tips and like watch out for me has been really helpful and it's been a like for like the bad days it's been like easy like talking to them about it um and just having them be there for me it's not even like the whole like them telling me like you need to eat like let's go it's just like whole like oh my okay you're okay it's okay it's okay to have bad days it's okay to ask for help like thank you for telling me it's like just the little things like them like valid like validating your feelings at the time well they validate them all the time but like um just knowing that someone is there for you has always been really powerful. And like the last couple of years trying to like deal with stuff in my life. So. Well, that's awesome. I love that because yeah, that's, that's 
an important thing is to kind of be able to like separate um, like friendships from like romantic relationships um, mm-hmm. and being able to have those different support systems in like different aspects and like different networks of your life. Um, and yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, um, we're going to, we're going to stay in the past for just a second here. Um, this is a question, uh, that I'm actually really excited to ask. It's going to be my first time asking it. Um, I'm really interested to hear what your answer is going to be. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to your high school self, um, what advice would you give to yourself about your mental health journey? Um, I would tell myself that, like, hey, um, no one, it's not that, like, people don't like you, like, don't think that. You, you're you just, like, there, you're, like, doing everything, like, kind of right, like, you're being nice, like, you're, you're, there's nothing you're doing wrong. Um, I think that would have definitely, like, helped with, like, the whole, like, anxiety thing where it's like all I could think about like was maybe like what I was doing wrong and like how people didn't like me and all that when that wasn't true like I have people from high school that still check on me today and I haven't seen them in years or like really talk to them like you're just sitting there and like thinking that like isn't right and like being able to realize that now um that is something that I really wish I was able to tell my younger self and with the eating thing I think like other than like the stuff of like the financial situation um or it's like I kind of wish I told like my mom like hey like dad doesn't have much food in our house like you maybe help him out um to like kind of like not instill in me like hey this like you can eat this much and still live um but also like reminding myself that it's okay to eat like you're you're growing like it's it's whatever like please like don't focus on everything that you're putting in your body because like you need to eat like you need to have like nutrition in your diet like who cares like if people think like you're fat or like you're eating too much like it's not at our business you know what's best for you um so yeah make sure to eat don't just let it go and don't don't make anyone make you feel guilty for putting anything in your mouth pretty much yeah that is so powerful because that's i love both of those things that you just said because that that telling telling yourself that you are good enough is so important and you don't believe it like for a long time, it is hard to convince yourself that you are, but you are good enough. You are enough. You are strong. You are smart. You are uh, here. (laughs) And that is amazing. Um, And yeah, don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Um, And then with the like eating, yeah, just you're allowed to eat. Everybody should hear those two things. You are good enough and you are allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. Us as, like, a nation has kind of, like, instilled the whole, like, 
I, it, I think it's really only going to become more prevalent, but like the fear of like eating and like kids because like they may not look like the big majority in their class. Like they, whether it be like they're not skinny enough, they're not pretty enough, or they don't look like, may, let's say like one of their idols or, or like actors and stuff on TV. Like it's okay because like every person is like unique. Like we shouldn't be telling people like, no, you shouldn't be like feeding your kids this. Like tell them no. Like, yes, balanced meals are important when you're growing up, but at the same time, it's like you can't have this, like, give this fear to, like, your kids that they're eating too much or they're eating too unhealthy because it's going to follow them. Like, I don't care, like, if parents, like, are you with me or not. Because it's like you can still feed your kid a balanced diet and let them eat, like, what they want Um, instead of just, like, kind of, like, policing everything that they eat, which is oh i don't know that just like makes me so angry <laughs> it's like uh um but yeah and the whole good enough thing like you you are who you are like honestly people can think what they want to think about you and all that really matters is what you think of yourself and if you and like if you know like your own self-worth and that like you are valued and stuff in this like world i think that's the most powerful thing other than people's opinions like who cares care about your own opinion of yourself first (laughs) because that's the that's the strongest thing and that's something i need to tell myself more so coming from me take it as you want to but please believe in yourself (laughs) and it's so Like, it might sound silly to, like, do this, but you can literally just tell yourself. Be like, listen, Emily, you're good enough. Like, (laughs) I do that. I literally, when I'm, when I know that I have a lot of stuff coming up and I'm, like, stressed and worried about being able to get everything done on time or, like, Mm -hmm. if I'm going into a meeting that I'm nervous for, I tell myself, Kayla, you're good enough. You will be able to do this. You can do this. All that matters is that you feel good right now. Mm -hmm. That actually leads kind of like perfectly into my favorite wrap-up question. Um, After we've talked about so much stuff today. So we've talked about like where your journey started, um, where your journey is going with uh, therapy for your anxiety, where you are with um, your journey to recovery from an eating disorder or disordered eating, I should say. Um, with all of that in mind, what do you do to take care of yourself? I feel like it honestly like depends on like the time of year because like as a college student like you're going through like you have like four semesters of like not four semesters four months of almost like really like high stress because you're dealing so much and then you have a break so I'm gonna like answer this in kind of like two parts so what I'm like really stressed and stuff during like the school year because like I have like currently like right now I'm going into yesterday was my first day I'm like doing a semester a job like an internship, a job, and like my classes. And I think like me planning myself out and then planning in like my own time where I can just like sit down and enjoy something that I want to do, like a little bit of free time, like whether it be like just going out and like shopping or um, reading a book or 
I really like painting and stuff and drawing. So like I kind of like write down ideas so I can like work on them. So and it kind of like just makes me feel less and also picking up new hobbies just in general. Like I learned how to crochet last year and I have a blanket that I've been working on. I think that's the only way I was able to get through um having to quarantine because I was exposed to COVID. Didn't get COVID, but I was exposed. So I like would just sit there and just crochet while I was sitting door by myself. And like you just gotta have hob- hobbies and like when you have a lot more free time, uh I think like kind of like still kind of almost keeping yourself on a schedule. So like you kind of like know what you're doing each day. Like it's okay to like change it up a bit, but like you're you're just gonna be less inclined to like let's say stay in bed all day and maybe feel bad about it. At least that's how it's been for me. So like being able to like go take a walk or go hiking where I'm from, there's so much, many hiking opportunities. So it's something I love to do when I have the time to do it. And I think that's kind of how I like try to keep myself out of like, um, going like down kind of like rabbit hole and like just making myself worse and trying to get me to get out of it when it comes to like both the anxiety and even like with the eating, it's like, you got to take care of yourself that's going to be the first step in like trying to like deal with problems like that um is like knowing what you need yourself and how like what you can do to help you get to the point where you can help deal with either like any of the um things in your life really yeah just having that time to unwind and um just like really kind of like take a break from the world. Uh, it's so, that's so important. I was telling Kyle, actually the other, my, my boyfriend's name is Kyle um, for the okay. Um But I was telling Kyle the other day that that's how uh, I use like RuPaul's Drag Race to <laughs> take like a mental break. And like, that's, I use it to like track if I'm like, too busy because if I don't have the time to sit down and watch one full like one hour episode mm-hmm. of whether it's Drag Race or like American Horror Story or like I don't know two episodes of The Office like if yeah. I have to watch one hour of TV then I'm doing too much that day everybody should have one hour of free time at least yes. at le- and that, well at least that's what I found works for me I need at least one hour of time to myself to just sit there and do nothing. <laughs> Sometimes, like, on those really busy days, I just like having a show on, like, sitcom shows. Like, I'm watching Superstore right now. So I will put, like, the least stressful thing, like, if I'm too busy that day to do. So, like, last night I was doing, like, an internship, like, report thing that was only, like, one page. And it was just, like, something that I did where I'm like, okay, I did this. This is going to be easy. So, like, you're just, you're still completing something. It's like, okay go you and you're still having that free time to be like I'm gonna watch something I really enjoy (laughs) well Emily it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today um you have been so open and vulnerable um and honest in telling your story and um talking about some really difficult stuff. Um, it's not easy to talk about recovering from disordered eating and um, 
I really appreciate your candor. I first want to say thank you for having me. And I don't know, just like one last thing is just like I already I already know I said it earlier, but just a reminder, like even Kayla said it, you are worth it. It is okay to eat. Those are like two really important things. And like, I don't know if someone that like needs to like hear something like that is going to listen, but even if not, I just want to put it out there. You're good enough and you can eat. Warriors, thank you so much for listening. And as always, uh, just as a reminder, you are not alone and um, have a great day.